If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Through the Door podcast is not appropriate for small children or big children. Pretty much, if you're an adult, you can totally listen. But it's coming, it's coming right up. That always cracks me up how he's like schedule. Yeah, I don't know how you schedule it. Oh, this, this is good for you. Yeah, well, you know, you just wait till the right time, and then eventually your body gets in. Oh, okay, this is when we're doing this okay. every day. So yeah, that's how that works. Well, I've yeah. never attempted that, but... He tells himself. I know, most people just go when they have to go. Right. I don't know, weird. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so strange. Well, very nice to meet you, Brian. Nice and we're already you. recording, so oh, we can... Oh, well, look there. We kind of like it to feel like you're dropping in on a conversation, and so a lot of times we don't even do like an official intro or anything like that. We just, you know, pop We've right started. into us. You ready yep. to shoot the dough? I'm ready to shoot the dough. All right, we'll shoot a dough. Let's do it. Uh, which is a spoonerism for do the show, which yes. you may have already mentioned. No, I investigated too. it online. Um, nice. Actually, yeah, no, nice. I, I checked out. What did you find online? Um, what do you think about what's going on here? What about I, this whole thing? I, I really, I like what you're doing. Oh, I, I appreciate mean, that. I, I, you know, dialogue's always good, so. I totally agree. And that's kind of the spirit. And that's where I wanted to start off with, because last time was, this is our second and what we call no longer safe episodes, where we try to start dialogue and build some bridges between communities that are, for the most part, culturally separated. You know, they are communities that, you know, have battles going on and, and all that kind of stuff. And so we, we wanted to kind of have a, there are plenty of places to debate. There are plenty of places to have that combat but there are fewer places to find the commonalities and to find the, the places where we're alike and, uh, and to really open up honest conversation, even though we may disagree on something, honest conversation that allows us to be friends, allows us to realize we're, you know, we're in this together as human beings. Danae, did you want to say something? You no, kinda... I think that was well said. Oh, thank you. All my little things I was thinking of, you were just taking them away. Check, <laughs> check, check. 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 With our first one, we talked about atheism, and right. that was... It well, was interesting because it wasn't like a, the topic of atheism. It was more like she was talking... We talked about labels and, and stuff like mm. that. It is interesting to like, like we don't like to label, but we still have to. Right. So, and that's, and that's part of it too, is taking those labels off and then putting the same label on, which is human being. 
that's where we want to be with this. But with that one, it was a good way to wade in because um, she was good friends with Danae. So they and had still a, is. And still is. So they have a... <laughs> that was not... I'm that glad was you not put that aside. Yes. <laughs> so I guess that says something about this, that it's not, you know... Yeah, yeah, it didn't ruin any friendships or anything. Good. There was some pre-existing relationship. Now, Brian, with you, we're meeting for the first time right now. Right. And Danae, I know, has met you before, but I don't know that you have like a long pre-existing relationship. No. We can probably pretend. <laughs> right, right. I think we know a little about each other, but yeah. um, it's over, what, three hours or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we so. probably have about a three-hour background. And most of that is work. We cracked up a lot. I knew you from the radio. <laughs> Did you tell her? <laughs> The first time Christy introduced me, and I'm like, "Oh, I know you." <laughs> like, well, I'm well, one of those I crazy mean, radio stalkers. <laughs> but yeah, I say all that to Officially. say, right off the bat, I want you to hear our heart, which is, we want to hear your story. We want to hear um, what you have to say, um, and we want to hear your heart. And we want to, in that way, connect with. Um, who you are as a person and in the same way we want you to hear our heart and we want you know this to be a, a positive experience for everyone and because of that we're just we're staying away from the debate stuff you know this isn't about you know homosexuality are you born that way or not that's just you know it's right. that's the stuff that causes those divides and we we kind of want to find the commonality so you know it's it's kind of a tricky proposition but i think we can get there uh, what we've done before and what I really like as far as format goes is just to start off with each of us talking about kind of our own experience with the topic, you know, as we grew up, how were we formed on that topic, how were, you know, all that kind of stuff. And if each of us can kind of express, you know, kind of our own story as it relates to, in this case, homosexuality, um, then I think that gives us a, a groundwork to have, you know, some good conversation after that about what we, where our hearts are and what we want to tell each other. So... There is a real vulnerability that's going to happen today, and that's, um, man, right off the bat, I honor you for that vulnerability. This, it's not an easy thing, you know, and there's going to be some vulnerability on our part, too, to talk about our stories as well. It was, it was an interesting thing for me because when I was talking to uh, Brian and I's mutual friend, she was kind of talking about how she met you and then... Um, like that you had talked about that you you listened to the radio show in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so it was it was kind of cool because when when my friend Christy, she uh, introduces my life as a Christian person to people who don't know that I'm a Christian. They're always like, oh, she's a Christian. And then, oh, is she cool? <laughs> you know? And is she is she like one of those really hardcore Bible thumping Christians? Like, is she going to be OK with me? Because. I mean, that's the thing. One of the things that came up in our previous No Longer Safe podcast is when someone finds out you're a Christian, they kind of assume you're getting kind of judgy. And um, and I had that, too, when I was growing up. So I always felt like I was getting judged, too. So I, I definitely can identify with that. So she talked about how, you know, she'd introduced you to me before we actually had known each other. So by the time we got to like actually meet in person, I had also learned a little bit about you. And because of what Aaron and I do on the podcast, um, you know, we've kind of been given this platform and I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about Aaron and I's heart and what we see ourselves doing in our lives as having, you know, microphones and having the ability to put things out there for people to listen to and, and our heart in it is to, you know, like you said, provide that safe space for someone to just kind of peek in on a couple of lives and then pop out, take what they want and learn something or not learn something, whatever the case may be. So when she told me that you were, you know, that you're homosexual, I was like, what? 
that would be a great no longer safe podcast. <laughs> it wasn't like, whoa, whoa, that's weird. It was like, yeah, this is a great person to potentially make contact with. When we met in person for the first time, you know, your energy and your personality and your openness and um, finding out that you're also a Christian was really intriguing to me. So I'm, I'm actually really excited about this. And yes, vulnerability is uh, as a part of, for me, most conversations, because I'm always willing to open myself up to somebody if if they show the signs that they're actually going to be okay yeah. with my honest answers. And sometimes I have to go, are you sure you really want to know, you know, what I have to say? Because yeah. it might not be what you think. And this, and this is a good place to say as well that no, we call it no longer safe for a reason. You know, when we do the radio show, we talk a lot about how we want to keep it safe for the whole family so that you can listen with your kids. That's not the case here. We're, you know, we're talking about a topic that you may want to have a more direct influence with your children about than just listening to this podcast. And we may get, I mean, we're not going to get graphic or anything, but we're going to get very real about sexuality and about our own sexual past and those kind of things. And, and so, you know, if, if you've got kids around or whatever, it, this is probably one you want to wait till later to listen to unless you're open to having those deep conversations with your four-year-old because they'll probably ask some questions mm-hmm. um this is definitely one of those but what I, what I wanted to say is I appreciate your vulnerability so much and I think it's only fair that Danae and I put ourselves on the line too if you're going to put yourself on the line coming in and, and telling your story then I feel like we have to put ourselves on the line too and tell our own stories and you know there may be you know some things people hear about us that they don't understand or that they you know don't agree with and the more honest and transparent that we get we want to have that vulnerability as well with you because I think that's only fair Right. So, so that's why I ask that we each tell our story and I'll go ahead and start just cause it's easiest. Cause I'm already talking. Uh, homose- you want to get it over with, don't you? I do. I just want to get it over with. <laughs> Nailed you. I think I can honestly say I have never been overly judgmental about homosexuality. It doesn't let me off the hook because the reason is I was just naive. I was, I just never even cons- it wasn't something that was in my brain really very much. And then as I grew up and was very solidly in the church and a Christian, my dad's a pastor and uh, a church that for a long time has been um, a denomination, I should say, which is the Nazarene denomination that I grew up in, that really emphasized holiness, you know, the, the uh, idea of wanting to be holy and so to find sin and eliminate it. And so very, which is a great thing except that it can become legalistic, you know, and so you start worrying more about the rules than you worry about being in touch with your creator. Um, I think the that denomination and many others in the church in general, I think, is starting to transition out of that a little bit, that legalism that, that has happened um, in two more of the relationship, but that was definitely a part of my story as well. Now, having said that, again, I just didn't give uh, homosexuality much thought. If somebody mentioned you know, a famous person was gay or something like that. It was just, yeah, okay, well, you know, they're living in sin. And then I just moved on. It was, it wasn't even, you know, part of my process. Now, as I got older and I started to realize that people who I knew were gay or people who I knew, you know, had come out of the closet or whatever the case may be, then I started to have to confront my own issues with that and my own feelings with that and to realize how much of the condemnation of the church had kind of seeped into me, even though I was naive to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and so I really dealt, I think, a lot with initially my own urge to condemn, you know, like my own urge to... Like, go did ahead, you have you- that thing where you realized that it was happening, that you realized that you like adopted some f- way of believing without really realizing what had happened? Like you talked about how you had just lived in that condemnation environment and mm-hmm. so you you take on the roles of what you're around especially when you're a kid like you don't really realize 
just sure. how judgmental you are because it's what you are raised in. So if you're raised in a church that's very condemning, it's just something that you're around. Mm-hmm. You're around those phrases like living in sin and they're just going to do this. And so we don't talk to them anymore. And it, you don't question it because you're just around it. So when you came to that point in your life, Aaron, I'm kind of curious, like where you realized that you were condemning, did did you like fight against that? Or yeah, was... almost immediately I fought against it because I think I was processing that that, that wasn't healthy. Like how you know, old were so, you? Uh, probably right after high school, okay. probably right heading into college. And, it, and it's been a, and it's been a process, but I think almost initially, I mean, almost immediately my response was to say, this isn't right within me. These, you know, urges that I have to, to condemn to, like, those who are different than me. Yeah. To write people off, especially that what's always been difficult for me with the subject is it's, it's something I still believe is wrong. And so what I struggle with, especially, and, and this is maybe something we'll talk about when we talk about, you know, our hearts for each other. What I struggle with is finding a way to communicate that in a way that shows love because it's such an identity thing. My understanding is so hard for somebody to hear something, you think something's wrong, and it's something that that is just who they are, you know? And so that becomes, that's where my struggle is right now. So your struggle right now is that you're in that place where you, you don't think that it's right, but you also know that you're not supposed to write people off. So where is that? That's exactly it. Yeah, there were two parts. There are two parts to this. The first part is, you know, the right or wrong of homosexuality, which again, we're not going to to debate. That's not the point, but that is something that, you know, I have to deal with in my story. Um, And then the other part is my response to that. And so what I uh, realized initially is that my response to that, then I had to check my response. And one of the things I really fought against initially and still talk to Christians about today is why we treat it so differently. I mean, there's so many things that we believe are wrong. We believe people do. Why is this one so, why are we so afraid? Why, you know, why are we, why do we make it like, why do we put this one on a pedestal and and make it a big issue? So right off the bat, I'm kind of curious if you have thoughts that you want to jump in on, Brian. Yeah, feel free. Um, Not to get into the, you know, the right right or wrong argument, but the way I look at it is basically everyone chooses what they want to believe in the Bible. I guess I I could always be wrong. That's my first Mm -hmm. premonition in life is I think. Anytime I say I think, I could be wrong. Yeah. I come from the same place. I do too. So I I could be wrong about this. I mean, you know, if the Bible is very literal, then yes, I am absolutely wrong. I also believe that the grace of God will win, you know, in the end. Mm -hmm. I believe that that grace trumps everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So... What do I believe in my heart? I believe Jesus loves me more than anything. I believe I'm supposed to love others. And um, I, I just believe that it's not a sin. I mean, no. that, that's what I believe. Today, you want to share kind of your, your yeah, story? Yeah, sure. Then we'll let Brian talk. Um, I remember the first time I heard the word homosexual. I was in a car uh, ride with my parents, and we were Did you going... hear the word homosexual, or did you yes. hear the word gay? or what I, heard, is... I heard the word homosexual. Okay. And and then gay came in just a moment, and we we're we we're driving <laughs> we we're driving on the road, and I guess it was like this is weird because I'm like I'm a kid like maybe six or seven, so details will escape me, you know, and I've never even asked my mom or dad about this, so there's no there's no other version of the story than what I remember. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that makes it the kid. correct version, then. <laughs> right, 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 and and I guess there was like a gay construction zone, 
So I'm right sorry, away, what? Yeah. I know. you're going to have to explain this. Okay? No, see, even this is I why I said this is why the I village said people this is, or what is, what is what is going on? I'm so confused. Right? Nice image. I told you I only have my version. I don't remember. There was a gay construction zone. Okay, because I didn't see it, but my mom saw it, and she was like, "Look away! Look away!" And so, first of all, I dream very vividly. This may be a dream. That does I not shock no me idea. at all about you. So but. there was there was like a you know there was like this thing on the right hand side of the road, and as we it really upset my mom. That's what I remember. Okay. And I remember her saying that it was a homosexual gay construction workers or something like this. So anyway, I have no <laughs> idea what that has, but that's the first time I heard that word. The second time I I knew like what this was was in the eighth grade i had went to well by i i mean my mom took me to fantastic sam's for a haircut which is the worst place to ever get a haircut um and i had hair down to my butt and they all but put a bowl in my head and just chopped it off (laughs) and uh i looked like a boy i didn't have boobs i was just this growing person we went Uh to florida for vacation and i was mistaken for a boy the entire time it was awful but when i got back to school i was called a dyke and i had no idea what that meant right so then i had to figure that out through there you know i was like okay but it was all very negative you know the whole feeling of it all um and then um fast forward a few years and my aunt uh announces to the family that she is she's gay and she was no longer allowed to come to any family functions Hmm. i remember her taking me out to um the backyard we were out by the pool and she sat me down because we were really close and she just was crying. And I think I was like maybe 11 and then, oh, I might even cry now. She was so upset. She's like, I can't see you anymore. Mm. Oh, it was awful because I loved her so much. And then she was gone. And I just remember like I was so mad at my family. I was so angry with them. Like, why would they take my my aunt away from me? I don't. And it was years before they let her come back. And uh, I was really confused about God at that time anyway. And it just threw me over the edge. Hmm. I was like, you know, just if if this is what it's about, I don't want any part of it. I'm done with this. And that's Hmm. my introduction. Hmm. It was awful. How's the contact been since then? Well, it didn't help that she was an angry gay person. (laughs) You know, she was very uh, argumentative and she loved to debate. Oh, and so she kind of, you know had her fiery whims and, and that's I, probably not what you wanted either well i kind of i liked i liked watching her fight for what she believed in it really gave me a lot of fuel too okay. and it kind of drove me um i like i have said in the previous one i i stopped going to church when i was um 15 and uh i started to actually like go out and see other people and like learn about their religions and what they believed and so i actually went with her to what she believed which she's uh, I call her my my pagan priestess, lesbian aunt, is kind of how I introduce her. <laughs> so she um, she liked to be in the woods and and everything. So um, she liked to be in the woods. Yep, and everything. she was very mm-hmm. fr- she's a very free spirit, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mind that. Um, I don't know when she started coming back around, but you know now I can. I don't remember how many years it was, but I think it was just over time. They they just kind of were allowed to come back and I think maybe it was after she reconnected with her parents, my grandparents, about not wanting to be argumentative and everything. And so she and her partner have have come to family functions for years now. So did, that's did you ever talk to your family about 
about why? I, I will say this. My grandparents said, you know, no. Really, it was a safety thing. I think they just wanted to protect the younger kids from being exposed to sin, which is ridiculous because you're going to be exposed to sin in all kinds of ways. Well, especially since every one of us sins. is a sinner, <laughs> know, right? It's like... But you're, it's like what you're talking about, Aaron. We just we kind of rank that, and that's like, you know, homosexuality or being gay is like ranked really high up on the avoid this topic, avoid this person. You know, this is a really dangerous thing. You know, we don't want to talk about it because what if it, you know, what if it then affects this person? It, it really it, it makes me sick the way we've spoken about homosexuals in, in the gay community. It makes me sick that we treat it like an infection or that we identify male homosexuals, you know, uh, so closely with pedophilia. That, oh, that just, mm. I Demon, thinking, it's just demonization. That's yeah, all it is. It's yeah. somebody's different than me, and mm-hmm. I disagree with what they're doing, so I'm going to demonize them so it's easier to hate them. That's very true. Right. That happens a lot. I, I just hate it. I just, it, it really makes me ill, and I'm I just, it, at least only for me, because it's my voice. I'm so sorry that, oh. that that's the way that it's been, because it's just, you know, you talk about that protecting our children, and it's it's just like, okay, you can train your children what you believe is right and wrong, and I have no problem with the morality, but if you treat, if you educate them to treat people differently and to separate from people because you're afraid you're going to get infected by the wrong, that's just, I, it just, it bothers me. So Whether it's a literal or a spiritual infection. Right, yeah. I yeah. mean... Well, we joke about building walls around our churches, but then we build them around our families and around our children and, you know, and, and we don't let anything in. And, and the reality is sooner or later, they're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. It's um, the it's the movie The Village, which, uh, spoiler alert, the movie's been out for a while, but uh, <laughs> it looks like it's it's a movie that looks like it's in like the 1800s. And then you find out it's actually modern time and they've just shut themselves off from the real world. And this girl escapes after being told that everybody outside their walls is scary and evil she escapes and she meets some people and they're nice and they're wonderful not only that but that village created the monster to keep them safe right they created the reason to keep them safe and that's part of what i'm wondering just as we talk about you know the differences between the the inside christian and the outside world we are creating the problems to keep us safe Mm -hmm. because i have i've never i've met a very few evil people in my life well, you know, Joyce Meyer says hurting people hurt people, you know, and that's one of my favorite statements is, mm-hmm. is whenever somebody criticizes me or, or, or condemns me or goes, you know, that's their way of, of projecting pain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. That's 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 how they know how to get rid of the pain that's inside them. You have to remember that when you even when somebody really wants to hurt you, when they're just screaming horrible things at you. They're hurting inside. Right. You know, we have to remember that. That's and, exactly and, right. And Jesus, you know, he's hanging there and he says, forgive him. You know, forgive the guy who drove the nails. So yeah. we have to forgive him. We have to love him. You want to tell us your story or as much as you're comfortable <clears throat> telling? Yeah, well, I'm kind of outing myself here. So um, I, are, are you not out like publicly? Well, out? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, yeah, it's basically my theory is um, if you're willing to ask the question, I'm willing to tell you. Um, a friend told me a long time ago what people think they know and what they really know. You know that affects how they treat you. So if that they're not true. willing to, if they're not willing to ask the question, I don't have the conversation. Do with you? Them. Do you want us to no, no, keep this I'm anonymous? No, no, or? no, no. I'm, I am fine. You know, God puts things in our paths, okay. and, and I truly feel that that He put this in my path. I mean, it's been a long journey, but. And you can officially say you help somebody out themselves on Christian radio. I know. How so many? That, how many I mean, people? I didn't know that. <laughs> I have like three friends, I guess, who, who, you know, we have very, we've had the conversation and, and they know and they don't care. 
But it's that it is kind of interesting how many people can say that they're coming out was, <laughs> was on a Christian, was on a Christian podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're in a select group there. I th- yeah, <laughs> I think so. Anyway, um, I grew up um, very Christian, very um, conservative church, little country church that actually broke off from the Baptist church because it wasn't quite conservative enough. You know, one of those <laughs> right. things. Yeah. Um, so we're a Bible church, you know. Um, and I love the church. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, mm-hmm. Just very conservative, very homosexuals are wrong, very everything's wrong. So I went to church. I grew up uh, in the church, you know, all through high school and everything. Um, and then got out of school and really was questioning the whole thing and, you know, met a girl for what I knew what love was at that time. I was in love, you know, um, and so I got married. I had kids, um, kind of fell away from the church at that point. And, uh, we were married about 10 years and we ended up getting a divorce. Um, and at that moment I just kind of decided I had to figure out what all this was, you know? So I actually started, I started praying, I started going to church, I, um, an opportunity arose, and I started leading worship um, in that small church that I grew up in. I mean, I really got involved with God on a daily basis, you know, and I started just praying, you know, just show me, just show me what you can show me. And I guess I've just come to the, the realization over the years that, that uh, you know, this is who I am. Um, I met someone, I've been in a relationship for, you know, coming on six years now, um, very committed relationship. My kids know, I have three kids. Um, How old are your kids? Um, they are 14, oh, better get this right. <laughs> <laughs> you do what Aaron does. Uh, I do, I have I to think about it too. Sunday? I've got, I've got four boys and I always have to, okay, where are we at right now? Right. Yeah, there's <laughs> seven, you. nine, 11, 13. Okay, it's I the, got it. Look at you go. It's the parent brain, that's yeah. what I hear. Right, right, right. Uh, they're 14, 18, and 21. Okay. So, uh, so they're all two older. boys and a girl. Yes, yeah. the youngest boy lives with me and and my partner, and uh, you know they know they love him. You know they're very accepting. My family obviously knows we've lived together for five years, um, but you know most of them won't ask the question. Um, so hmm. I, you know if they're so your family. They understand, but they haven't had a conversation. Yeah, he comes. To, he comes to functions, and you know, but you know, it's just that it's that elephant in the room that nobody mm. talks about. So, I, do you wish they would? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the people who I have had that conversation with, you know, it, it's just better to be honest with someone in your mm. relationship. And I, you know, I you still feel like you're lying a little. Uh, do you have anybody? Because I was thinking, like, as we have this conversation, I was I was trying to think in preparation about homosexuals that I know in my own life, and I really only know them like I had interaction with them, and then later found out, you know, that they're homosexual. There's nobody in my life that I know of, right? You know, that's out to me uh, that I have, you know, uh, a relationship like that with. And so I was curious: Do you have someone in your life who disagrees with? your lifestyle but also you're close to and a friend with and you guys can have and you guys have those conversations funny i i do music for a home church and they are very conservative we have not had the conversation within that but Mm -hmm. i know that several of them know um and yeah we still love each other we still you know it's just it's that community it's that 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 thing of community where everyone just agrees to disagree I and think. do you have that thing like in the back of your mind then where it's so they know and you're with them and there's like that one unspoken thing do you have that fear like if you had that open conversation with them that everything would change yeah absolutely 
because really it wouldn't change. It would just be spoken. Maybe it would become undeniable or something. Yeah, it absolutely becomes undeniable. I mean, mm-hmm. I, we all, you know, we love our little, our little shade of, of, of the ability to create an illusion. Mm. Well, let's shift then into the building bridges part. Brian, I guess I'd like to start with you. I just, you know, part of why we do this is we want to hear your heart and we want to give you an opportunity to say to people who disagree with who you are and what you, you know, the life that you've chosen to live, because there are many who are listening to this, I'm sure. What is the one thing you would tell somebody like that, you know, and, and want them to know about you? Well, I think one of the hardest things that, that uh, has happened in my relationship with my partner is, you know, when you're not allowed to express your love or you're not allowed to show your love or when you're in a movie theater and, and you know, that scene comes up where, you, you know, you get a little teary eyed and it just makes you want to grab somebody's hand, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't do that. Um, or, or, you know, you just want to hug something. And I'm not saying I want to make out in public. I mean, I right. find that disgusting on bo- both ends of the spectrum. I mean, I just, you know, I don't need to see a parade of that on from either sexuality. So, but, you know, there's those little things of being able to express your love. Um, we don't do that primarily because I know it makes people uncomfortable. Um, partially because I'm afraid of, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're, it goes both ways. But that seeps into your relationship, um, and, and you're you're forced to 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 not be able to express your love, and and no one should have to live that way. You know, you shouldn't have to live in the dark. You shouldn't have to live in fear of what of what people are going to say. Um, you know, just just imagine if you you couldn't just lean over and kiss your wife, you know, or kiss your husband, you know, when you felt, you know, whenever the urge came up. I think that's one of the hardest things. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing for me. I have never thought about that. What about you, Danae? Hmm. What would you share with the homosexual community? Can I just say something real quick? Yeah. Um, I, if I were going to say something to the gay community, I, I mean, personally, it, it, it appalls me at times, um, the things that I see come out. And I, I understand how the pendulum has to swing, you know, mm. and, and they were so closeted and so persecuted, for lack of a better term, um, that when you get your freedom, you do some crazy things. You know, we all did. Well, maybe I don't think you did, but when you were 18, you know, we, you know, you get a little freedom. You do stupid sure. things. Um, but I did you, plenty of stupid things. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, probably did, just thought, right? Yeah. <laughs> For the record, I, um, so I would say to the community, you know, you know, love is not lust. Um, you know, there's a lot of examples out there that's just not good for family. It's not good. I don't want my son seeing it. You know, I don't, I don't project those things in my home. Um, you know, Jesus loves you. I mean, that, that's the truth. That's the ultimate truth that I think the, the community never hears because there's so many ugly things being thrown at them. I do hear that sometimes when I have conversations with other Christians uh, about this issue, which seems to be coming up more and more lately, which I think is great because I want to dialogue about these things, but that there is, there's militancy, that word is thrown around a lot, right. on both sides, you know, and that's, and that's what bugs me. That's why I want to do this. I, I think, you know, when you divide, it starts to become war. And when it's war, it becomes militant and it becomes in your face and it becomes on both sides. So right there, the militant theme is kind of what I would send my blast out to. Yeah. Um, and I and possibly because I experienced when, you know, in my own home, the repercussion of, you know, when, when it split apart our family, mm. it's because we chose to let it split apart our family. Like there was a decision made on both sides to not find common ground mm-hmm. that they could respectfully approach each other on. And 
And to be honest, and I love you, Brittany, a lot of it is just there's so much anger there when someone doesn't understand you and you just have no place else to put it. So it's just, I mean, you're going to throw down some words and you're going to create problems. So I don't think that everybody in in the homosexual community does that. But for the most part, as you grow up and if you if you truly land in that space, you know, I want to have intelligent conversations with them. Um, when I became a Christian, my my aunt who had taught me all about, you know, be accepting of everybody, she totally rejected me. And so I got to have that conversation with her and say, listen, you're totally being two faced to me right now. You've taught me forever to do this. And she she actually was able to kind of like, whoa, you're right. You know, I'm I'm judging the Christian community for rejecting me just as much as you guys were for me. And I was like, I don't, I don't think we were rejecting you as much as we were rejecting your, your attitude. So I think for me, my heart is, it's not my place to judge you and it's not my place to change you. You know, it is my place to love you and I will, because that's the example I've been given. And so I'm going to do everything I can just to love you as a person. Even if we agree to disagree on the morality of what you do, I love you. And that's what I want to express. And also that, you know, don't worry about, my goal is not to make you change your behavior, but if I can, give something to you, it's plug into your creator, you know, get close with God in every way that you can. And I have faith that that God who teaches me and loves me is going to teach you and love you. And if there is ever change to happen, I mean, that's where, that's where it comes from for all of us. That's where my morals have to come from is that connection and what I'm being taught. And so that's, that's my encouragement to, you know, this situation or my heart that I want to be heard is, man, plug into your creator. And that's, you know, if you do that, then that's right. I think that's, I think that's uh, part of the issue, you know, whereas the homosexual community just uh, th- not as a whole, but a lot right. of them abandon, you know, the, the, the even the thought of following God. And why you wouldn't know, they if after the way that they've been treated right. by God's people for, for absolutely so long, or a and, lot of God's people? I should be right. Very we're clear. very we're we're definitely generalizing right. here. Right. Um, yeah. um, so, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't they? But but, you know, until we open it up, open up that dialogue, they're never going to come back. Why would you want to? You know, Gandhi said, I, you know, I like your Christ. I don't like your Christians. They're so unlike your Christ. Mm. And it's like, yeah, you know, if you don't see a real example, a true love there, what's going to attract you? I usually try to question, what's the purpose? Is it just because you're uncomfortable or is it because they really are a danger to you? Because we're not called to be friends with everybody. You know, we're called to love people and maybe find a love for them, even if it's difficult. You don't have to be friends with people that are on a different topic or a different lifestyle choice than you are. You don't have to go out and seek them and be like, to be a good Christian, I'm going to go befriend a gay person tomorrow. <laughs> That's not the point. You know, you're supposed to love whoever God puts in your, in your path. And if you find out in conversation because you choose to ask and you choose to be a part of their life, if you find out in that conversation that you have a common ground, but you still disagree about some things, why write them off? There's really no reason to do that. And on the other side, just because you don't have to be friends doesn't mean you can't be friends. That's exactly <laughs> you know, right. You can develop a relationship, a friendship with somebody who disagrees with you. And we really should do that more. But like you said, it's not something that we like. It's it's like that thing like, oh, I have to prove I'm not a racist. I better find a black friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 You don't have to do that. That's no. OK. You know, but just <clears throat> love the people that come into your life. And if you develop a friendship with somebody and find out that they disagree with you, you know, in a very real way about something that's, you know, maybe very important to you, 
continue that relationship and work through that dialogue. And, you know, um, we just give into fear so much so quickly. I I think think so. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with that. I have this interesting story I wanted to share with you guys. And please do. Um, I was listening to a podcast, the, this American life podcast. It was about a guy named John Smid. He did this thing. Um, he's what he called a reformed gay where he was gay. And then he, realized you know that it was wrong and so he had he was reformed and i guess he got married again um he was a director of a thing called love in action um there was a guy named morgan uh morgan joe fox i think i can't remember if, if joe was the right but anyway he was doing a documentary on it in like 2005 so basically long story short is morgan the director was trying to get a hold of john the director of this love in action program to interview him for this documentary. And of course they were like, John's like, no, I'm not going to talk to this guy. Well, over the course of a few years, he, I guess, steps down or stops being the director of love and action. And he decides he's going to talk to Morgan and they became friends. But this is his quote. He said, I had begun to see him. This is from John talking about Morgan, the director. I had begun to see him as a person with talent and a tremendous heart for people. And after several lengthy talks, I grew to respect and admire his honesty and authenticity. It was like, basically, even though they don't agree with each other, they became such good friends that even after Morgan released this documentary that painted love in action in this horrible light and showed clips of, you know, talking to John and John was embarrassed by what they were showing because he, he actually understood the damage they still chose to be close. We're more concerned about their relationship with each other as friends than they were with anything else. And it was the most unexpected form of friendship. And I think it's interesting because it has to do with, with God. It has to do with exactly what we're talking about in a way where it's just another story of other people who they came together and they saw their humanity in each other. And that was more important to them than all the other things that were going on. That's that's what we want to do here. And as you listen to this and as you hear Brian's story or our stories or, you know, whatever side of the moral issue you are on, um, what I want you to hear is that as we interact with each other in this culture, in this world, we have to quit putting separation name tags on and start putting uh, collaborative name tags on. We have to see the the tag on each other as human being, someone to love, someone that I can find uh, benefit from, you know, having interaction with them. And the more we see that, the more we do that on a day-to-day basis, both ways, the more we do that, the, the better our communities are going to be, the better representation we're going to be of our creator and of his son. And that's, that's who I want to be. So, um, man, and- Brian, I really appreciate you coming in i you know have a lot of respect for you and a lot of respect for the things that you said and i'm, I'm a big brian fan so <laughs> well i appreciate you guys i appreciate the show and i appreciate the station because i do listen to it all the time so i would also challenge what you said too to if anyone like i i had feedback from the atheism podcast from a few people who when they were listening to it they were really nervous yeah and um because I thought that it was maybe going to be argumentative or uncomfortable to listen Hopefully to. Hopefully that'll go away over time. Because well, and it might be. I mean, this might be really uncomfortable because there's a lot of challenges in it. Like yeah. you just issued a challenge to to make, to make take the labels off. I would I would say as a soothing balm to that if, that, if if that feels like you just got ripped open. If you really believe that God is going to walk you through your life and show you where you need to go, that he'll take you through the steps that you need to take as a person to be able to do that. So take your time. 
think about it, pray about it, and let God show you how to love people. Cool. So just real quick, if if you had a friend that you grew up with, yeah, and he just you know, or like he we were or really she, close, right? You're really close, mm-hmm. and and he just out of the blue just I'm gay. told you, yeah. How how do you think, or would you rather him say that, or would you rather you do it in your own time? Uh, I would rather him say it because one of the things. I struggle with is <laughs> I have zero gaydar. <laughs> so <laughs> I would never even notice. <laughs> I mean, unless he was making out with a guy or something, right. or I that saw him holding hands with indication. a guy, then I'd be like, oh, wait. Would you assume I was gay? I assume you have some gaydar. I, mean, I have, you have, I have none. no gaydar. Have oh, you have none at all? Either? No. I, have zero. I was actually hit on by um, <laughs> at a restaurant once. <laughs> um, <laughs> She, How long did it take you to realize what was going on? It was, oh, she. Yeah, it was, yeah, okay, it was a sorry, she. Was yeah, because I'm, I'm a girl. <laughs> right, so I, I'm was, with. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was getting hit on. It was, it was, I didn't know this, but it was a bus girl who had borrowed a tie to act like a waitress to come over because everyone had to wear a tie. Right, right. And so she was asking like, you know, hey, what are you guys, you know, you guys hanging out later and everything? And she asked me for my phone number. Mm. I was like, this is really weird. Like this chick wants to come hang out with this and everything. <laughs> And so I gave her my phone number, and she was, like, all happy. And then at the very end of the meal, she came over to the table three times. And at the end of the meal, the waitress came over, and she's like, hey, I'm really sorry about her. And I was like, oh, she's so nice. She, like, wants to hang out later on. And she's like, well, she actually came over to the table uh, to get your phone number. She's actually a bus girl. And I was like, okay. <laughs> You're still not there. And then, like, my friend Megan's like, like waiting for me to get it, you know, like she was kind of leaning in, like she was having a great time with right. me. I had no idea. And then the waitress like looked over at my friend Megan and they both kind of like nodded and then the waitress said, she's gay. And I was like, that's cool. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh. Will you, will you tell the bus girl that right. I am not gay? <laughs> see, like I said, I'm just, I'm naive. I mean, it's just, I, I just don't see the world that way. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I would need to be told and then I would have the opportunity to dialogue with him and and just reassure him that it doesn't change anything, that we're still friends, that right. you know, I've still appreciated everything he's meant to me in my life and I hope that can continue and Would you still let him hug you? Absolutely. Just but you recognize that you're not the normal person out there. Yes, right? I know. So you yeah. understand that like 90% of the relationships are going to be unlike that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That breaks my heart. It does break my heart. You know, 90% wouldn't respond that way. That makes me upset. I want to go hope that's out not right. and talk well, to them. Right, that's a big exaggeration. I, I, yeah, I, and I do, I do feel like, and again, always out there, I could be wrong, but I do feel like it's changing. I feel like, I feel like Christians are starting to understand who they're called to be, and that even though we are very aware and should be very aware of morality and what our Creator calls of us, you know, is right and wrong and that kind of stuff, that that's not that it's then not our job to go. Put everybody in a Play-Doh mold and say, "Okay, God told me this was right and wrong. Now you've got to be what God told me." You know, I mean, it's right. like, why did that become our job? No, our job is to reflect the love and, and grace that we've been given to everybody else around us. And I feel like we're we're getting we're progressing there. At least it's what I've seen in the church over the last several right. years. In the churches I've been a part mm-hmm. of, is that pastors are are more preaching that that they're more saying, you know, yes, there's right and wrong. We believe what we believe, but you know, our job is to love the people around us. And, you know, I go to a church where that's, that's our, our focus is to get out in the community, just love on people, you know, to do oil changes for single moms and to, you know, go play in a playground and to provide a, a free garage sale for the entire community to come get stuff they need. And so how do you think they would feel if I went there though? 
I have no idea, man. No, I, 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 I I'm trying. I'm trying to process it. I, I'm trying to separate through what my heart wants to believe and right, what might no. be the truth. Right. Um, my heart really wants to believe that it'd be fine if you and your partner came and, you know, came for church. I, I, I really think it, I'm going to say 60% of the congregation would totally embrace that. Right. Cause see, I love the idea of a church that, that changes oil and does real mm-hmm. everyday things, you know, and that, I'd love to, to find a church that did those things, but come and find out. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, that's, you know. I, you guys could come and, you know, I could introduce like in you your, to people. In your mind, do you, do you like fantasize about that? Like walking into a church hand in hand and sitting down and having people come up and have conversations with you, inviting you out to lunch and stuff. Like, do you think about that? Um, I would love to be able to be myself and not make people uncomfortable. I mean, I would love that um, and not have that be in the back of my mind. I've I think we all would love that. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, I mean... Yes, I, I would love that. I would love to have a church, but see, you know, I would love to have a church that, that I could just be myself. In. Are you okay with a church where you can be yourself, but that the uh, morality of the church structure believes that what you're living is wrong? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Because everybody in the congregation has something they're doing in their life that the church believes is wrong. I, I mean, I thoroughly believe in the Bible. I believe in, in all the claims of Christianity and Jesus. You know, I believe all those things. And it's it's really hard sometimes to find. Because a lot of times if you go to uh, more liberal churches, they're not as, you know, they're kind of touchy-feely, everything's okay, you know, you know, and I don't necessarily, you know, I love the openness of people sharing, but that also leads to everything's okay. Right. I believe I do a lot of things that aren't necessarily a sin. That doesn't mean I don't need to change it. You know, I do need to change it. You know, those are things. And that's one of the great things about being open. I, you can say, you know, you had those experiences. And I go, oh, I had those experiences and they affected me this way, whereas mm-hmm. they affected you that, you right. know. But it makes me feel okay about myself, but also knowing in the end that, that, that I'm responsible for those choices and all that. So, My heart would like to say you would be embraced and welcomed. I think my brain knows that there are some at the church? I, I guess I don't know. I assume there are some that would find it uh, offensive and not want you there because I know those people still exist. Uh, that breaks my heart. And I guess in my mind, I, I put that on the older generation, but it doesn't necessarily have to be the older mm-hmm. generation. No. I know my pastor would love on you guys. I, I have the faith to say that. And, and that's good because if you feel like that's true, then that's the leadership. I'd love to see you there. That would be That would be awesome. <laughs> says the guy that's right. not gay <laughs> i know i know i i yeah you're like yeah Dad. rosa go ahead sit there it's yes. okay <laughs> if you want to come out in all seriousness if you think it would be good to you know Text. say hey so that he can send a mass text out to no, the no, congregation. No, 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 the gays no, no. are no, coming. No, I don't the want to do that. The gays are coming. The gays are coming. Are coming. Everybody, <laughs> everybody be good. Get out the banner. Welcome. <laughs> 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 Make sure there are rainbows on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know we've got a rainbow somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Rip it off of the Noah's Ark. <laughs> uh, Let's do the thank yous. You do the thank yous. Thank you for listening to this No Longer Safe to Podcast on Shoe the Dough. We really appreciate that you've taken the time to listen to it. They're a little bit longer, a little bit more in-depth, and we would love your feedback. You can actually... Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, please email us. Aaron and Danae at gmail.com or shoe the dough at gmail.com. And 
Um, you can also go to Facebook. There's going to be conversation there as well. Um, if you like the podcast in general, please rate us and leave comments if you'd like on iTunes, which is where you can subscribe. We should also thank the people that made it possible, like the radio station, for letting us use the studio and for letting us come in. Uh, that's 88.3 The Wind at 88.3thewind.com. Also, Chris Tilly of Hazo Records, who did the theme music for Shoe the Dough, which you hear at the beginning and end. And a huge, huge thank you to Brian, who, wow, to pour himself out like that mm-hmm. in an environment like this. Um, it takes a lot for a lot someone of to, a lot of respect. to step up to the unknown and sit and have a conversation. Very excited about what this podcast is doing. And thanks, Brian, for being a huge, huge part of that. It means a lot to us. Bust out the banner. <laughs> that was my favorite part. Laughter is good. Laughter's we would important. connect with each other a lot better if we just laughed together. Absolutely. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, not fake. Not fake. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No. Real. No. Still fake. No. Still fake. <laughs> Getting there. Is Closer. this what you guys do in between songs? Yeah. yeah. yeah this is it. <laughs> this is who we are. <laughs> There's yes. a real one. That was a real one. Right. That was a real laugh. Yep. That was good. Yep.